Welcome back to the Becoming More podcast, episode number 30. Before we get started, I want to ask everybody to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel and to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Recently, I had a couple of reviews, some sent to my own DMs and as well on Apple. So it's always nice to hear feedback about the show. So keep, keep bringing those out. Uh, here on Becoming More, we go in depth talking to some amazing people about how they have changed their lives dramatically and have inspired others to work towards the same. Today, I'm joined by someone who is very influential in my own journey. You know him on Instagram as Dusty Lost 300 Pounds. Today, I'm joined by Dusty Hall. Dusty, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm good, Brett. How are you? I'm good. Good. Uh, glad, glad you could be here today. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, Dusty, everything, every week I like to ask the guests the same question to start the show, and that is, what is the bottom line of your journey so far? Because Dusty said so. The bottom line is... Um, that though my tagline is Dusty lost 300 pounds, the physical weight really had nothing to do with my transformation. It really was about the mental health and improving that in such a way that has allowed me to sustain it now five and a half years later. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's always the biggest key is the, uh, once you unlock that mental part, it's, it's, uh, it's, it gets easier. Um, so I, I kind of mentioned in the beginning that I, you were influential in my own journey because I saw your story. I remember I saw the picture of you in the chair um, that you post like each year, right? You're supposed to say the same picture, but uh, and the, the chair, the, less, it, the, the the famous chair. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I saw that and I was like, wow. And like, I had found out over time, like, you know, we're on the same age, say similar sizes, heights, all that. So it was just kind of like someone I could relate to. Cause a lot of times, like yeah. I would see people that lost a lot of weight and like, you know, that they, they they might have lost a lot of weight for them, but like it wasn't over 500 pounds. A lot yeah. of times it was somebody that hit like three in the threes and you're like, okay, yeah, but like, even if I hit their weight, like I still have to lose 200 pounds. Yeah. So it was always like someone that lost, a, had a lot to lose and how you get through that journey. Cause I always found like those numbers so daunting. Right. Cause like when you're five, you were like five thirty four, five. Yeah. Five thirty four was my okay. top weight. Yeah. Um, and you know, when you're that, that size, like to, get to normal healthy weight is like 300 pounds and 300 pounds losing 300 pounds seems very daunting at that point um and there's always ways to get through it um for me i don't know if this was similar for you was just like creating small goals that were very more manageable like i remember on instagram when i first started i just put like a little lock in my profile that said like mm -hmm. 50 pounds right and then like because i was like if i can lose 50 pounds i can keep going uh, as opposed to like oh i have to lose 150 before i have a hit, hit like one goal yeah. Um, and that has a lot to do with the, the mental health side of things is, is that setting small goals is saying, hey, I'm going to give a physical number that is a lot smaller, that is something that I can achieve and get to in a, a shorter amount of time. But really what that boils down to is the mental health side of the journey that you are going to feel overwhelmed. I, I know I myself felt like I was drowning in weight and that I was overwhelmed by this large number that I had to lose. And because mentally it seemed so impossible, I was never able to stick any stick to anything long-term because it was just too much. It was just like, I've got so much weight to lose and it's going to take forever. And so that small goals, you know, um, that you mentioned is, is perfect because mentally it's, can I lose, you know, five pounds this month? And that small goal of, can I lose this smaller goal amount? It, it becomes encouraging. And really if we're, kind of veering it back to the mental health, think about the encouragement that you feel getting that small goal and then going for the next one. If you are putting a huge number, 
and saying, I've got to lose 300, I've got to lose 400. Well, that goal, that encouragement of I've lost the 300, it's not going to happen for a long time. And this journey, you're going to need constant encouragement along the way to keep going because really the odds are not in your favor because there is everything around us that is encouraging us to just stay stagnant and uh, stay the way we are. I mean, on the way home from the gym the other day, I got 16 fast food joints in one gym. I mean, the odds are not in my favor to take care of myself. So um, setting myself up mentally with small goals is huge and, and a real big part of your journey, which has encouraged me on my journey to continue to maintain all these years later is, you know, one day at a time, you know, one day at a time, one pound at a time. If I focus on this big number, I'm going to get overwhelmed too quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and I think a lot of people I've heard talk about it and I agree is like one of the other things that helps get through those like times where you're like, you, know, you plateau or you stagnate or whatever um, is like the, all the non-scale victories that you can experience through those smaller goals. Cause even just like, um, I know for me, we, we were walking a lot last year um, and I know you still do the step bet mm -hmm. and you, um, you know, just walking and like realizing that I'm not like struggling to breathe to when I walk longer distances, right? Like it used to be like, you know, if I walked um, down to the end of the block and back, like I would be pant, not panting, but out of breath. And now, and, and then I started walking like five, six, seven, eight miles a day because you build up to it. Like, it's not going to be an instantaneous thing, but you build up to it. And then, and then if you take a time off and you go back to it, you can get back to it pretty fast. Like it doesn't take everything out of you all the time yeah. to, to get to those, those non-scales. And uh, I mean, this journey, it really is you versus you. I mean, you've got to live with yourself um, the 24 hours a day. And so, you know, setting yourself up with non-scale victories is huge. And, and especially with not feeling out of breath for doing a 10 minute walk or, or 15. I know me, myself, you know, a couple laps is how I started. I, I, I walked and that's why I think step at was something that was so kind of dear to me um, because it's just walking, it's just steps. And, and can I, encourage others to start just like I started. And, and that was huge for me. I, I had done the, I got to go to the gym five or six days a week for an hour. And if I go for an hour and then focus on my nutrition, I'm going to conquer this, this weight. And it was just too much. And so for me, I remember taking two laps around my, uh, my apartment and then I would go sit back on the couch. And um, then that, my alarm went off and I was like, I gotta go take two more laps. And it, um, it helped build this, well, this is what I do. And so mm -hmm. if I don't do it, it's weird. And I, I think there's a real um, gap of time. I call it the blur. Uh, there's a blur of time to where you've just got to allow that to be the new normal. Um, it almost reminds me of that Lion King moment. Like we see Simba during the, his time with Timon and Pumbaa. He goes from being a, a young little cub. He walks across this little uh, log and all of a sudden becomes this older Simba that, that is like been through a whole lot. Like he's obviously grown up significantly. It was like this time-lapse. I call it the blur. There's a blur of time where you just got to keep doing what you're doing, especially with walking to where it becomes the regular thing that you do. And that if you don't do it, it's weird. And so me starting with walking, I did that enough where it was a blur of this is what I do. And eventually I just built up over time of well, yeah, I, I do two laps. That, that's just what I do. Can I do three? And over the course of four or five months to start my journey, it was just, yeah, I can do a little bit more. 
uh, and the stamina, the endurance improved. I felt better. I wasn't out of breath. I wasn't struggling to breathe, just taking two laps. I, I could do more and I just continued to do more. And eventually I found myself in the gym. But again, I, I didn't want to overwhelm myself. And there was many times where I was two days in the gym, two days off, two days in the gym, three days off because it was just too much. And again, it was just building. And now if I don't go five or six days a week, it's weird. Like it's, it's out of place for me. So definitely that small steps kind of building over time has to be something that we, we go with because if we just do too much too quick, we're just going to burn out. Yeah. And I think, um, I know this podcast is releasing end of December, like it's releasing right before Christmas and, you know, everybody's going to be doing their new year's resolution. So people can get in the gym and then within two weeks, usually it's, you know, they say, people will lose their focus or lose their desire to want to go to the gym or go beyond whatever type of journey they're going to do for new year, new me. Um, So what are some things that you found in your journey throughout all of this that um, really help you stay the course? Is it besides the small goals that we talked about already, what are some other uh, like uh, advice pieces of advice you would give people that are just starting? So the, the, the journey itself, I know I talked about kind of walking for a good amount of time, but really the, the, the main part of this journey is nutrition. I, I really have felt the, you can't outwork a bad diet or I, you just eat whatever you want and I'll just go work out. It doesn't work uh, beneficial for me like that. It, it really comes down to nutrition. And so focusing on the nutrition and really taking an account of what you're intaking for the day that for me, it's really helped um, me continue now this five and a half years is really understanding what is in front of me nutritionally, what, what, I'm, what I'm eating, what am I consuming and understanding what I'm consuming as far as, you know, protein, carbohydrates, fats, sugar, what's important, what do I need to uh, have a little bit more of, what do I need to avoid? And um, I really think that starting off for me, accounting for what I was intaking and understanding what I was intaking really, really helped me. So, you know, if I look at protein pancakes, this is kind of my thing, or protein pancakes, it's like, great, it says protein pancakes, but there's also 25 grams of sugar. So before I'm having any kind of decent amount of protein, I'm getting a whole load of sugar, which, you know, added and processed sugar is going to lead to cravings. And so all of a sudden now we're uh, having these protein pancakes thinking, I'm focusing on protein. I'm doing great. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're hitting, getting hit with these cravings. And it's like, well, where do these come from? And, and so really knowing what's in the food that you're eating, like, does this have added sugar? That's one thing that I've really prioritized as far as avoiding is processed or added sugar. Um, you know, I know we, we kind of elevate carbohydrates, you know, you got to watch your carbs. For me, it's really watching the sugar, watching the processed added sugar, uh, that was huge for me. And if, if kind of the 80% side of this journey is nutrition, it's taken into account, what do you eat in a day? Like if I just were to write down a normal day of eating without going on a new plan, Hey, new, new year, new me, I'm going to start this new diet plan. Well, before you start the new diet plan, account for what you're actually eating on a normal day. You go to say the fast food joint, or if you have meatloaf, or if you have um, that club sandwich that they offer at work, just jot down for a day or two, what you normally have in a day. It has opened my eyes in such a, a way that it's giving me a new understanding of how the actual calories add up. Like, how do I get to 
13,000 calories a day. And that was what I was consuming at 534 pounds. It's, I was taking a little trip to McDonald's. I was taking a little trip to Starbucks. And all of a sudden before nine o'clock in the morning, I'm having 6,000 calories. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm just having two banana breads and a frappuccino. Like I'm not, I'm not going crazy. I don't have like this big smorgasbord in front of me, but it was just those little things that, that really made it tough. So I, I would really, um, say as far as, you know, starting off the new year and, and trying to look for a, a, the best way to approach is really understanding the nutrition. What, what, um, is in the food, how many calories are you consuming in a day and how many calories should you be consuming? It's, it's kind of like the debt ratio for me. Like if you in your bank account have $500 and you're going into a store, I'm like, all right, I need to buy something. And my budget is $500. Um, if you, you know, say have 500, you spend 500 good. You're within your budget for, for that time. But if you overspend, you're going to be in debt. You're not going to be able to do it. It kind of reminds me of the weight loss journey. Like, Hey, you're given 2,500 calories in a day to lose two pounds a week or two pounds a month, whatever it is, that 2,500 is your balance. Now, what are you consuming in a day? And are you going over that, under that? Are you hitting that? And doing that consistently over a blur, again, I mentioned the blur, over a blur amount of time is really what leads to your success is consistently hitting that number of say 2,500, if that's your number, consistently. And if you are going over it, that's where it explains the um, weight gain. You know, I, I don't know why I'm gaining weights. Well, if you're over, if you're hitting over your number consistently, then you're going to eventually gain weight. And, and for me, it's really added up. What am I consistently doing? And what are the results from what I'm consistently doing? Am I consistently hitting my goal of 2,500? Well, I should be losing weight. Am I consistently over? Then I should be gaining weight. That, that, that kind of really sets the stage of, well, if I had a cheat meal, all of a sudden I'm going to sabotage my diet. Not really, because you're not consistently stepping off your plan. You're consistently on your plan and you took a step off. So while you're making 15 steps forward, you took one step back. Why sabotage your entire journey or give up or throw in the towel because of, say, one bad choice or one bad day? Um, That's kind of another big encouragement is this is a long journey that we're on. We're going to be doing this for the rest of our lives. And so don't let discouragement deter you from your journey stay focused and do whatever you're going to do to take care of yourself consistently over a blur amount of time and you will see success. Yeah. I, I, I like all that. Um, I, I'd like to just add to like the cheat meal part. Cause I feel like a lot of times people will focus on like, you know, they say they'll, uh, they'll have like that one day or that one bad meal or whatever, however they want to phrase it. And if, if you look at like a whole, I, I always say this to people um, that are like, they're like, Oh, I cheated too much. I was like, if you like added up all your calories for the whole week and looked at it like as a part, part of a week, <clears throat> you might've stayed under it, even though you had that cheat meal. Yeah. Re- regard now that one day you might've went over, like you might've hit, like, instead of having 2,500, you might have 3,100 calories or something. Cause you had pizza or wings or, you know, take your pick, whatever it might be. Yeah. Those are, those are my personal ones. Um, <laughs> have you seen the rocks? Um, oh like yeah. Meals. Like he has the meals at the end. Like, this guy's jacked out of his mind and he's obviously sticking <clears> to some, plan during the week but then he has just this epic throwdown at the end of the week where it's just like you're probably consuming four or five times what you should be having but looks like he's doing just fine and it's because really it's about balance it's about really weighing the scale of over the course of a week you had say one day off plan like 
what, what did you really do to your overall success? Nothing. You're, you're yeah. still going the right direction. It's just a matter of getting, of not having that become the norm, become the consistent thing that you yeah. do, right? Every yeah. day or every other day. Okay, cool. So um, I kind of like to ask everybody kind of a background on how they got to where they were. Cause it's always interesting, like to see, you know, were you like a former, did you do like athletics growing up or you heavy growing up? Um, uh, yeah, I was born 11 pounds. I was a big, uh, big kid. Mm. I was born Thanksgiving. So, um, my mom, <laughs> uh, that, that the nurses said I, I was a good old butterball at 11 pounds, uh, some ounces. And, uh, I was, I was big. I've been big my whole life. I've always known to be big. Uh, the really trajectory of me gaining a significant amount of weight was I broke my leg three times on the same leg back to back to back two wow. from falling off a bike and then one getting pulled down from, um, uh, monkey bars. And so I, I broke my leg and I would just sit and my, my mom's side of the family is Cuban and my, my grandma cooks authentic Cuban food. And so I would have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, um, the, 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 the greasiest, fattiest, just all good, yummy, yummy Cuban food. And the ice cream guy knew me by first name. So this ice cream guy would go by the house twice and I'd get my, uh, my strawberry shortcake, my, um, my little cone. Um, and then I would have the big chew bubble gum. And then the next go around, I would have like two or three more ice cream. So I just escalated my, my weight gain over the course of my childhood. And I'd always been big. Um, I, I had never really done any sports. I had never really been uh, too active. I had done, I wouldn't say I haven't been sports. I did soccer and baseball, but it wasn't something to where I was fit or trim at one point. And then I just all of a sudden, you know, gained a bunch of weight. I've just always been the big kid. I've always mm -hmm. been uh, I remember back in fifth grade, weighing myself in front of the whole class. And uh, I was the biggest kid in school. And, and someone in class was like, wow, you're the fattest, fattest kid in school. And I always remember that sticking with me. So it, it's always been something to where I've, I've been big. Uh, as far as getting up to 534 pounds, uh, it was uh, pretty much a repeated failed diet attempts of I see this diet work for this person. So I'm going to do that not knowing that maybe that doesn't work for me. Um, and I, I really followed the, the, the diets and lights. I followed the, the trends. I followed what someone said would work. Uh, I went the extreme routes of extended long fastings. I did extreme crazy workout trends and everything in between. And, and really, these are all kind of the symptoms of an overall rooted problem in food addiction, um, coping. Uh, I deal with stress. I deal with emotions. I deal with things not going the way I had planned with food because food at the end of the day, it, it, it feel, it tastes good. It feels good. I can sit alone by myself and just kind of sit in that just goodness of food. And so when I would experience the stress, um, an emotion, something that I didn't say like, I, I use food and you know, I, I think um, as a child, you know, divorce could have played a part in it. Um, I, I was very much the child that was trying to please my parents because I thought I had done something wrong because they had gotten a divorce. And so the root of me coping because of the work that I'm doing to please them, the cope was in food. Um, you know, another part of it is I, I was being fed food. It's not like I had the education and knowing that I want a high calorie meal it's like no i'm being served spaghetti that's on a huge plate with a bunch of spaghetti sauce like i'm just eating what's in front of me 
And so it's not like I have an education on what I should be prioritizing. Like, hey, I need to prioritize protein. I don't know that 11, 12 years old. Mm -hmm. I just know that I'm big. I'm always big. And I'm just doing Mm -hmm. these failed diet, yo-yo diets. And it just, it it got worse and worse. And and I think for me, that kind of final getting up to my top weight is um, my wife and I, my family, we, we experienced a lot of stress and there were a lot of life events that were unplanned and unexpected. And it was easy to cope with food and use that food for um, kind of a, a, a coping mechanism to to get through what we were going through. And so 534 pounds was definitely not the plan, uh, definitely not something that I ever wanted. Um, but uh, it, it tells you a story of um, what not dealing with rooted issues uh, is the cause and effect. I wasn't dealing with my food addiction. I wasn't working through my coping mechanisms and my emotional, stressful kind of eating moments. And because of that, I just continued to gain weight until I was at a moment where my doctor wouldn't be surprised where uh, if I wasn't around in six months, he wouldn't be surprised. He's like, I just had someone recently pass in my office due to the same issues that you're having. So if you're not here in six months, I wouldn't be surprised. And so that was a kind of a rude awakening for me um, yeah. because I was seeing the result. Oh. Like I was uh, waking up in the middle of the night, gasping for air. And I never wanted to go to the doctor. I, ne- I actually had to for a physical for work. So I had to hear this information from the doctor, but I purposely avoided the doctor because I knew he was going to tell me that I probably had sleep apnea. He was going to tell me I was either pre-diabetic or diabetic. He was going to tell me a lot of problems. And I don't want to hear that. Like, I know I have a problem. I don't need to go to a doctor to tell me I have a problem. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, that, that was kind of my journey up until I was about 32 is, uh, always being overweight and getting up to over 500 pounds. Yeah. I, I, I feel you on the doctor part. Um, for me, cause I was 33 when I, I had it forced upon me when I had a pulmonary embolism and the room I'm sitting in, I was, I woke up on the couch, like maybe five feet from me and I wow. walk and walking to the bathroom, which is about 20 feet from me. Like I was panting, like gasping for air, like worse than Jeez. if I walked down the block. So that, that, that was one of those, the, the event was forced on me to needing to make a change. Cause those things are not any laugh, any, any joke. Um, yeah. Uh, wow. But, but good thing is, is that still here. So I always, I always look yes. at it on the bright side. Cause it's, cause like, depends what what who you who you go to for information but um between 40 and 60 percent of people don't make it through those things yeah um and it's which is insane because i i knew my i have a cousin who's fit and or in relatively good health and she had one like last year and it it doesn't just go after like obese people or unfit people and i also had someone i knew that um friend of mine his uh kids school principal or something uh or school administrator uh like was a runner like long distance runner had one and passed from it so it it, it doesn't it doesn't uh, take into account yeah. anything um but yeah it's, it's always good to hear the background because like sometimes you know different people can uh, kind of attach themselves to different parts because like when you mentioned the cuban uh grandmother right who made a lot of mm-hmm. food and it reminded me of um growing up with my grandfather and he grew up in the depression so he like food was at a premium then, right? Because mm-hmm. you didn't get you there like bread lines and things like that. So when he when he would make food, like there would just be a ton of like steak or chicken or, and granted those things are sound good, right? Because it's just protein. But then there's also a lot of other sides and yeah. other things you'd have besides just the the steak or chicken. 
Oh, the uh, sides. The yeah. sides are the, the trouble right there. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll take some pulled pork. And then all of a sudden you got three sides that are just like, yeah, you, 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 you got you got you got the green beans, but then you got the mac and cheese and you got then you got like uh, ice cream. But, you know, you're not just having like one or two scoops. You're having like the whole bowl, like a whole bowl oh, of it. Yeah. So, so oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it just goes downhill very fast. And you don't even realize it. And again, we were when you're a kid. You don't really you don't think about it. you just like, like this, this is good. And this is what I want. So, you know, you, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, you're not in the position to really worry about it. Right. Yeah. Um, most of the time. Um, so we're kind of leading to the point where you decided to start. Was it just like it was just that meeting with your doctor that just led you to that point where you knew you needed to make a change? Yeah, I had um, I, I had done. I think it was a, like a, uh, a sign off for the work. I, I had um, moved jobs. I had been working at one job and I had transitioned over another and I had to get a physical because it was uh, I had to be out in the field for it. And so I, I had to see my doctor and sign off for him to sign off on it. And um, it was pretty much at, at that point, I had already been experiencing issues. My wife had, had already expressed some concerns. Um, yeah, listen, I'm 534 pounds. I'm, I'm the biggest I've ever been. Um, I, I'm, you know, 7XL. I'm having a hard time finding clothes to wear. I'm having a hard time breathing, uh, not only during the day, but also um, I'm waking up in the middle of the night, having to kind of catch my breath and then I'm having to sleep a certain way in order for me to get the right amount of breaths. And, and I'm a very kind of uh, outgoing, adventurous person. And so I started kind of seeing the, 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 the blinds or the, uh, the curtains close. It was getting very dark where I couldn't really do much. I, I, everything and everywhere that I went, it was a consideration of could I fit? Would I break anything? Um, can I avoid it? Uh, it, it just, my whole life was now being ruled by my weight. I, I mean, I remember parking at a, a spot where I love going to the beach. I, I grew up in Redondo beach, uh, California. And so i love going to the beach. I love the waves. I love the, just the sound and everything. And, and I remember parking at a spot wanting to go to the beach and I had to stop halfway and catch my breath just because my lower back, my knees, uh, I was out of breath. It was just, it was rough, 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 rough. And so, for me, um, starting was that conversation with my doctor. Uh, he recommended uh, for me the uh, gastric bypass surgery and said, listen, for, for what you're experiencing, especially with what I'm seeing in regards to your breathing problems, uh, some issues you're having in regards to your uh, liver. Um, I mean, I, uh, when I had the procedure, I was uh, pretty much borderline cirrhosis of the liver and I, and I have I had drink, uh, taken a drink or I, I don't consume alcohol. So there was no reason for cirrhosis of the liver due to alcohol. It was simply because of my weight. And then I was having some circulation and numbness issues. And I was starting to get some real um, heart palpitations. I, I, was, I was essentially showing all the signs that, that this life might end a lot, a lot, a lot earlier than I'm, I'd hoped and expected. And so um, pretty much the start for me was, was his recommendation of that and kind of starting that process of going through that. And, um, that was July of 2016. Okay. Awesome. I mean, it, it, it led you to great things, right? I mean, you got to, you, you lost a lot of weight. Um, and, uh, I, I, and the, the best part is, is like, you know, your, your story is a testament to people that, that can do the work. Cause like so many people think that the gastric bypass or gastric sleeve or take your pick of whatever else you want to do is like going to be a magic bullet. Um, and it's really not, I mean, I, I, we know plenty of people that have had, uh, this, the different surgeries and 
a few of them that, that it, it didn't work or they had to get a revision or, you know, and I, I knew a few from my hometown when I was growing up because it was early on in gastric bypasses. And, you know, they, 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 they did it for a while and then they like let it go. And then, and then, yeah. and then it just, they got gained the weight back. Stomach grew out to the normal size or whatever. However that happened. And that's the, um, that's the elephant in the room is because uh, uh, I see, I think uh, it was dropping the W's. It was a Twitter account. I think they've got like 2.5 million uh, subscribers. They took my photo. I didn't know they took my photo and reposted it. And um, so I'm just looking at the comments and it's just the elephant in the room. Like, oh, you had surgery. Um, like you got to where you got because of the surgery. And, and I completely understand the I'm looking at a photo. How did he lose the weight? He had the surgery and then you dismiss it. But I think starting off this podcast, uh, it, I, I kind of framed it in the best way, regardless of the physical weight, the, the mental health is really what has allowed me to get here five and a half years later. And so um, the, the bypass, the surgery, any diet, you can go on keto, Weight Watchers, whatever you want to go on, regardless of what you do to start it's not going to deal with food addiction. It's not going to deal with the coping mechanisms and the emotional binge eating, no diet, no surgery. None of that is going to deal with that. And, and for me, uh, I was ignorant when I started and thinking, okay, this is going to take care of it for me. But then realizing six months in, uh, oh, this is, I, I don't want to work out. And this did nothing about increasing my desire to want to work out, or this didn't fix my snacking, or this didn't dress my emotions and stuff like that. And so I have less and less kind of um, been bothered by the comments of the, the easy way out cheated, because regardless of how you started and, and what you did to begin this journey, we're all on a level playing field when it comes to maintenance. Uh, I am um, at, say, my goal weight or around my goal weights, and maintenance and keeping the weight off is pretty much an even keel amongst everyone. If you get to your goal weight, maintenance is it. And I could easily gain the weight back if I didn't deal with the food addiction and coping mechanisms, emotion. If I didn't deal with that stuff, I would be right back where I was. And so my, um, my decision to get the gastric bypass is a different route uh, than others uh, in the sense that it, it, it's quote, uh, quote unquote, unnatural. Um, but for me, I, I'm always a big advocate that you can't get the 12% body fat with the surgery. Like that's just not possible. Uh, you, you would be able to lose some weight with following the program. But the results that I've achieved have nothing to do with the surgery. The, the results that I've achieved have been with dealing with the food addiction, dealing with those emotional coping mechanisms, the things that led me to my top weight, dealing with them, working through it and finding a plan that works for me long term. You know, five and a half years later, uh, I haven't had an influx of, of a weight gain or I haven't had this big up and down because I've worked through the things that have gotten me to my top weight and I'm now keeping or maintaining through emotions. I mean, my wife and I just moved across the country and our moving company pretty much scammed us out of $17,000. And so there, there's stress and emotions yeah. there. And there's the easy way for me to gain 75 pounds by just burying myself in with food. But at the end of the day, I, I'm not going to do something that's going to harm me long-term. I'm going to work through those emotions and that stress and, and try to find a way to, to, um, you know, keep on and hold on to this success. And so that that's really my advocacy now and why I share uh, it's kind of a two facet thing is um, 534 pound Dusty didn't have 
the, the, the dusty that, that, that I put out there. I didn't have someone that could give me the lighter side of losing weights and the, the, the facts about prioritizing protein. I, I didn't have a dusty. And so uh, one number one priority for me is um, being what I wish I had at 534 pounds. And so if you see what I see or see what I post, I'm posting for the old dusty. Yes, other people are going to see it, but I'm posting for Dusty at 534 pounds and try to give out as much information and keep it lighthearted, make it funny, make it joyful, not make it all serious. Uh, but then number two is really shining a light on this has nothing to do with how you start. You can start any number of ways, keto, Weight Watchers, Mediterranean diets, um, uh, calorie, whatever you do, it, it, whatever works for you, regardless of how you start, that matters less then when you actually lose the weight and get it off, what are you doing to keep it off? Is what you've done is what you're doing long-term and sustainable long-term. And so I'm a real big advocate at really following, going after the maintainers and really seeing what you can do long-term and what is sustainable versus then, uh, you know, what did you do to start? And, and okay, can I do what you did to start to lose all that weight? losing all that weight can ha happen any number of ways, but keeping it off that that's the true battle for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And one of the things that um, I always find interesting is when I hear that natural versus unnatural, but really at, 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 our, at the sizes that you were, and I was anyone that no matter what you do, it's going to take a lot of your own willpower to get through a lot of that and, and mental uh, stability and, uh, working through your emotions, just like you said, because there's so much involved in it. It's not just like, oh, flip the switch, well, you know, lights on, I'm good now. Uh, that doesn't yeah. just happen to any, to any, to, I, I will say to most people, because I don't want to say yeah. maybe there's somebody that just flipped the switch and they're fine. But for most of us, there's, there's definitely a battle. And, you know, even me, uh, you know, I lost 200 pounds and um, kept it off for like well over a year. And then all of a sudden, like I kind of got into this complacent mode. And then I gained, a, had a little bit of regain. I'm working toward working on it now, but I didn't get too crazy, but I, I caught myself where I, cause I hadn't weighed myself for a few weeks. And then all of a sudden I saw the number go up and I'm like, uh, okay, we have to get back to <laughs> working on this again. Yeah. Um, so it's, and that's it's, part of the long-term plan. That's really yeah. part of the, I mean, you're going through the, the, um, the part that I'm still going through, like we're, we're in that process of losing weight, we're, we're going through the, okay, what works, what doesn't? It's like, hey, I've lost 200 pounds. If there's some that has come back, I mean, that's not like, oh my God, like it, it's so daunting sometimes for so many, but really this is finding out what's going to work. I'm like, okay, um, this worked up, to, up until this and I, I've put some back on. Okay, so I, I need to readjust and do some things. That's all part of the journey. That's all part mm -hmm. of what makes our journey so unique and so uh, personal. And that, that's what I, I'm so gravitated towards is folks that are, are willing to share that and, and get that out there and put that out there because you're helping and you're assisting uh, others that are on the journey as well. And, and so that's why it was very easy for me to follow you even before. I mean, this wasn't like, hey, I'm going to follow Brett because uh, he's on my podcast or I'm going to be on his podcast. It's yeah. been following you for quite a while because yeah. um, there are attributes that you have that inspire me and motivate me on my journey. I mean, it's a two-way street. Uh, it's not mm -hmm. just, hey, Dusty, it's fine. It's a two-way street all the way. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And, and that's why I found, you know, so many people that I found inspiring in my journey, my own journey or influential or however, you, whatever word you want to use, whatever I word, I guess, um, 
you know, is that at some point you get the reciprocation because like you're, what you're doing is working and then they see it and then they're kind of gaining something from it as well. Cause not everybody's always that highlight reel that you see on Instagram or on Twitter or wherever you go for your social media, uh, uh, desires, but you know, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's always good to hear that, that feedback. Cause sometimes like you never hear from people like what (laughs) the impact you have. Um, I, I know one of my, one of, uh, somebody that you probably know as well on Instagram, um, my weight is history. He's been yes. on the show and, and he like totally stole, he, he, he says this, he says that he stole his step in his step stuff from me, which I probably stole from you, but, but, um, you know, it was not really steal, but the idea came from sharing the idea and you're like, Hey, I, I can do that. Like, that's not that difficult. Like that's not going to the gym five days a week. That's just walking around and just increasing yeah. it slowly and slowly. And, you know, he saw the same thing and then he goes and like does does it uh almost the, like i think he's done almost like a year and a half with like one day that broke up his streak <laughs> so, so which is which is crazy because uh, i i i know that i think i got to i got to like uh, 191 which is you know well over half a year uh straight and then i stopped because i was like I, I i was worried about like the winter time and like ice yeah. and snow and things here because i'm like i don't i don't deal with that and i, I don't like treadmills so i just I like walking outside and the, the treadmill is a real struggle because you're going nowhere fast it's literally <laughs> you're literally going nowhere but you, yeah, yeah it's, and, and every time i go to the gym I, I do like five minutes on the treadmill and i when that five minutes is up i'm like i'm ready to go off this treadmill because i i don't want to be on it anymore yeah but, but, but oh, I'll, yeah. I'll go walk around for outside for three hours like that's not a big deal <laughs> but but yeah. the treadmill just doesn't because you're not going anywhere all right so I, I think we had a really good conversation about all those things because a lot of times people don't, don't talk about the struggles. They just talk about the highlights and the good times and how much weight you've lost. So it's always good to hear that um, for everyone. Uh, so, so kind of getting towards the end of the show, I like to always ask everybody kind of like a hobby or interest or activity that you, you like to do that's not related to weight loss or fitness, just to kind of get more about the person. So what, what's, what would yours be on that? front uh, as far as an activity that i like to do outside of uh like the gym and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that um i uh i haven't been able to get into it as much but uh i enjoy oh, that's an activity now i gotta get um uh what is it adult size i have to say adult size adult size rc cars okay. um i i played rc car oh my my dad had one of the, it was like 75 miles per hour and just whisked it through and i always thought it was the coolest thing in the world that kind of drifting and going on track and just flying off so that's one thing i'm actively working on as a hobby um is um is getting a a decent rc car and getting it to some tracks and so away from uh activity that that's i would say that's it awesome yeah it's it's a that's a new one because like sometimes i get i get pro wrestling a lot (laughs) but uh but yeah um i i had as a kid i always liked I had a few RC cars myself, so I haven't had, I've been adult, I haven't had by the ones, ones. I've been fooled by the ones that say, oh, this one's quick and it's like 15 miles an hour. So I, I, I'm, it's the ones to where you have to really know about what bolt goes where. And if something breaks, you've got to be able to fix it yourself. Like a, 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 um, a well, uh, it, it's the, the, I guess the best word for me to say it is, um, it's it's more than just a car that oh it breaks just go buy a new one this would be something of an investment where like 
I'd have to spend a good amount of money for it. So I'm in the process of that. I, I don't have one, but it's something that I enjoy um, every kind of holiday season is seeing if I can get something to work towards it. Awesome. I, I like it a lot because uh, it's just, it's always good to have a, like something that you're interested in. That's, you know, not something you're facing every day. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. Uh, a f- fun thing to do. All right. So uh, now wrapping up the show, I like to ask everybody the same five questions called Brett's corner. Um, so uh, I'm going to ask you five questions and I have a bonus question for you at the end that I didn't tell you about. Okay. Um, first question, uh, the bonus question is not that hard. Uh, first question is, what movie, TV show, or event are you most excited for in the coming year? Now, the first episode just released on Amazon Prime, uh, The Expanse. Uh, I am a sci-fi, I like sci-fi. Like my fav- One of my favorite movies of all time is The Fifth Element with uh, Bruce Willis, um, you know, five, four stones, uh, one of my favorite movies. So yeah. I'm into sci-fi. And so uh, The Expanse TV show on Amazon, it was used to be on sci-fi, but now it's on Amazon. Uh, they will be releasing and I, I think finishing up their show this, this coming year. They just released this first episode like this past week and it's going into 2022 as far as the series is concerned. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Awesome. Awesome. I, 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 I've watched a little bit of The Expanse. I just haven't gotten like into, into it, into it. Yeah, there's uh, the, a threshold of getting into it. It's I tried to casually watch it three or four times and I couldn't yeah. get into it. But as soon as I hit to about episode four or five, I got into I'm into the show and now it's definitely a, a worthy watch for me. Awesome. Yeah, Sci- sci-fi is uh, definitely one of my favorite genres as well. And just dep- it just takes that like, it's, it, I think The Expanse always seemed like a show that I need to actually invest the time in. And it, right now we're in the process of moving and having the, the six month old. So it's a little bit crazy. <laughs> Here. Yeah, but eventually getting back into it. Uh, oh, cool. move, moving with a six-month-old. What's that sound like? Really familiar. Except That's, I'm, uh, uh, I'm uh, only moving 13 miles. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. not not, not did, too far. Uh, Thirteen thousand miles. It feels like. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, question number two. What are two non-health-related goals you have for the next year? Um non-health related goals for this next year. So uh, the first one is to get grass in my backyard. Um, my, my wife and I recently bought a home in Tennessee and I am now into new homeowner mode. So um, one of the non-fitness related one is get get my backyard in shape that Presley, our, our, our uh, daughter, um, can open up the back screen, walk in the backyard and have grass and have a, a playground, have somewhere she can go and, and have fun. So that is number one, make, get some grass growing, get some uh, some sort of a backyard and before we start adding other stuff like a fire pit or anything like that. And then um, number two, non-fitness related. Um, boy, oh boy. Um, I guess number two would just make friends in Tennessee. We, we just recently moved there about... <clears throat> three months ago and we don't really have uh, too many folks that we know. So uh, get plugged into our local church and, and find some friends, find some people that are, are mm-hmm. nice and will wave back at us. And uh, I, I think that's, I would say goal number two. Awesome. I, I like it. Uh, that, that definitely takes a little bit of time, right? Every time you move somewhere yeah. new and you're like, we've got some good neighbors. Uh, I, I yeah. will say it was so far as cool. my neighbor texted me while we're here. He's watching the house for us. He goes, hey, we got this really nice treadmill that we're not going to use. Can we give it to you? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll be home soon. 
Yeah, that was like our, our neighbor a couple houses down a couple months ago. Or I mean, no, it was last year. Sorry. Um, for Christmas, like they had bought their kids like a some super high-end cappuccino coffee maker thing. Oh yeah. And I'm not a coffee drinker, so it doesn't mean anything to me. But Amazon had said they had like said they like the order got damaged or whatever. And then they sent it again and both showed up like the same day. <laughs> and it was like in, there was no evidence of damage or anything to the box. So yeah. they're like, they're like, we have no idea how to work this. So would you want it? And <laughs> I, I would like those kind of problems. Yeah. 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 So, so, so now we have this high end coffee maker that I, I, I still won't use, but my wife does. So <laughs> there's that. I'm the same way. I'm not really a big coffee drinker. I'm like occasionally, but my wife's that a coffee drinker for sure. Yeah. The last time I had some was uh, September of 2020 in Seattle when I was, we were at the original Starbucks and, uh, Ah uh, yes. I, I only went. I only tried it because I was like, you know, I'm I'm here. I got to try it at least once. So I had a nitro cold brew, and I was like, I never want coffee again because <laughs> I, I just don't like the taste. It's nothing to do with. I, yeah. I know I, I know people would 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 uh, t- would want to fight me over the fact that I don't like nitro cold brew, uh, gourmet especially. <laughs> I recorded yes. a video for him when uh when I had it, and my face was priceless. Um. All right. <laughs> Question number three: If someone came to you saying they were lacking motivation to stay consistent, what three pieces of advice would you give them? Uh, number one: um, Start uh, start small in the sense of um, you don't have to make huge changes. You just got to make a small change and let that stick long enough for you to make another small change that doesn't see too doesn't seem too significant. Um, number two, follow the money, uh, is just a random one that's coming to mind. Uh, follow the money, meaning, uh, when something that you see, uh, as far as a diet program or this or that promises just crazy results, follow the money in the sense of you, it's, is it realistic that you're going to lose 10 pounds in seven days, maybe just water weight, but it's not going to be sustainable weight loss. And so, Follow the money and don't believe if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Uh, at the end of the day, your success is going to come from the blur, the, the consistency over time. And so follow the money. If, if someone's really pushing something on you, it's probably financially incentivizing. Magazines are trying to sell copies. Um, folks are trying to sell their diet plans. And so uh, it's important to follow the money. And then number three, um, focus on loving yourself or appreciating or valuing yourself above any physical number goal that you're trying to achieve. At the end of the day, you've got to live with yourself and you've got to be around yourself and be around the mind that you're in and around on every single day basis. And so if you don't love yourself and if you don't value yourself, no matter what number you see on a scale, um, it's not going to matter because if you don't like yourself or love yourself or, or learn to appreciate, encourage yourself, it doesn't matter what weight you are on the scale, it's still going to be the same thing that you're experiencing. So, uh, find a way to appreciate the uniqueness that is you and love yourself because really you're the only you that we've got. I, I like those answers very much. Uh, great advice. Uh, question number four, what have you discovered about yourself during your journey or transformation that surprised you the most? Um, one thing that I've, uh, I'm very surprised about is the, uh, the creative, uh, miss of, uh, of what I'm willing to do to kind of keep 
focused. I think for me, when the gym shut down and I built a, a homemade squat rack and I built a homemade dish station, I mean, this was just stuff from scraps that I had put together and was able to actually build a, a good, good gym in my garage just for watching a, a YouTube video uh, of how to build kind of the structure of it. But then all of a sudden turning it into this complete like workout, like I call it the find a way garage or the find a way squat uh, machine. Um, I'm just very surprised how creative uh, I became during the shutdown. Uh, and I didn't expect that with, with losing weight or, or on this journey. Uh, I didn't expect to be able to build my own squat rack or my own bench and, and water jugs around a gas pipe for a deadlift bar. I wasn't expecting any of that, but the creativeness is what came out. And that, that was something I wasn't expecting. Yeah, for sure. I, I remember watching those videos when you were building it and, and it was, it was what, when you saw that, how it worked, when it was finished, it was great. Uh, yeah. 2022, I think we're coming back with, with yeah. another one. I think I'm going to leave the commercial gym uh, as soon as I'm able to get something uh, back up. Uh, I, I think I miss um, me, myself and I in the, yeah. in the gym. So awesome. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be looking for that. Definitely. Uh, all right. Question number five. If in 150 years, science fails to save us and all that is left is a book about your life, what would the title be and what would the blurb tell us about Dusty? The title would be Find a Way. And uh, the blurb would be, uh, you can't control what happens to you uh, sometimes. You can't control what happens around you, but you can control how you react to it. So regardless of what happens to you in life, uh, find a way to react in a way that benefits you and pushes you forward because you are the only you that we've got and being the best version of yourself is what we all need. Awesome. I like it a lot. I, I, I kind of had a feeling that might be your title, but it, it, it's, it's a great title. Um, so I said, I'd have a sixth question and it really is because, because we're oh, here man. at the holiday, we're here at the holidays. So I, I I'm going to, it's not that bad. Girl, like, um, I like to just, I've asked everybody the last few weeks, like growing up or at some point in your life, what was like your fate, like your favorite gift you remember getting at on for Christmas or for another holiday, if you don't celebrate Christmas? Oh, uh, favorite gift. So I'm going to say recently because my daughter was born four days prior to Christmas. Uh, the greatest gift, uh, is, is my daughter being born. Her birthday is going to be on Tuesday. And so, um, last year, Christmas time, I would say that, that, that was kind of the greatest kind of Christmas gift, really kind of opening uh, a gift on, on Christmas morning. Um, kind of the best gift that I've got. Um, Oh boy. Um, put me on the spot. So I've got to think back. Um, I think I'm going to, I'll get creative with it because I'm sure there's something that my wife has blown me away with, but I'm drawing a blank is I remember when I was uh, 11 years old, the Nike shocks were mm -hmm. a big thing, like the shoes. And there were these huge silver one, like just moon shoes. And I remember I really wanted them and I got the moon shoes. They looked absolutely ridiculous on me, but it was what I wanted. I, I saw the commercials of these zoom shoes from out of mm -hmm. space. Cause I love sci-fi and I got my, my zoom shoes. So I would say that was kind of my, my funnest gift as a kid. Awesome. Uh, love both of those. I mean, we both became uh, dads and within six, about six months of each other. So. I, I, I can and, definitely. I think they said uh, out of the pandemic, if you didn't have a child 
uh, get an air fryer or something else, then you didn't truly live through the pandemic. So I, I think we both uh, signed at yeah. least the child off the. I, I I also got an air fryer at some point. Yeah. <laughs> at the same time. Air fryer pizza. I just put up a video recently. Oh yeah. Air fryer pizza. It's it's pretty good. I, pretty I, good. We did a pizza top chicken in the air fryer a couple of months Ooh, ago. That's a good idea. That's a yeah. Because it, it gives you that chicken parm without the uh, breaded like all the breading and carbs and all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, kind of yeah. going, going back to the question about the book where you mentioned find a way as a title, I know that you do the podcast and you it's kind of find a way is like your, your mantra. Uh, do you want to give people like a, like what, what, uh, where they can find the podcast and uh, yeah, plug, so, any, plug um, anything else you have too, because might as well. The, the podcast that I put together, you know, I, I wanted to start a podcast to get longer conversations out. Uh, I thought it was going to gear itself similar to, uh, you know, Gourmet or, or your podcast where I'm interviewing folks. And what I've slowly realized is that there are uh, good podcasts out there like yourself, like Gourmet's, like others that have interviewed other journeys and have utilized that as an encouragement for others in the community. And, and I thought immediately, hey, I've got to have a podcast that's got to be like that. And I'm really coming to terms with, I think my podcast needs to be uh, different in the sense that I need to bring uh, something that isn't saying that it's probably there because there's tons of podcasts out there. But this is simply just me giving my two cents of what it took for me to lose the 300 pounds, why I got to 534 pounds and everything in between. So, you know, where did my food addiction root from? Uh, what did I do to overcome? And how did I deal with um, the, the food addiction and coping mechanisms? And so every episode is, is um, either an encouragement or uh, some sort of motivation for it. So uh, it's available on kind of anywhere that you get podcasts. It's uh, called Find A Way With Dusty. And uh, I'm about 75 at this point of this episode, I'm about 75 episodes in, and uh, it, it ranges from every topic that you can think of, and including every month, my wife and I get on a podcast for about 15, 20 minutes, and we give an update on how we're both doing on our journeys, because not only did I lose weight, but my wife lost a significant amount of weight, and our goal for losing that weight was to have a child, and that's why uh, we do a monthly update, because a lot of folks request to kind of hear the progress of Presley. She's just turning one this month. So we kind of give a monthly update of what we're experiencing as new parents, how we're overcoming kind of the new parenthood, new baby life, and uh, what we're doing to try to stay focused, keep healthy along that journey. So um, anywhere that you can find podcasts, it's Find A Way With Dusty. And then I'm on social media, uh, mainly on Instagram, uh, Dusty underscore lost underscore three zero zero LBS or Dusty lost 300 pounds. I had a TikTok, but I was reposting the same stuff on Instagram. So I got rid of TikTok. And then I'm on Twitter for um, just kind of a backup to, to put lengthier conversations at, at point. But if you want to follow me, if you want to check out the journey, I'm on Instagram. I'm usually pretty active on there. Awesome. Yeah, definitely check Dusty out. Uh, I'll have links to that in the podcast in the show notes. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening or watching this all the way to the end. You made it. Congratulations. Make sure you check. Make sure you check out the show notes for the links to anything and everything we mentioned in this episode. Be sure to check out my website, becomingbrett.com. You can follow me on Instagram at becomingbrett and on Twitter at becomingbrett. And you can follow the show at becomingmorepod on Instagram. Uh, until next time, uh, give us a five-star review or do you mean what you think about the show and make sure you come back to learn how we can all become more. Bye, everybody. Bye.